I'm happy we can share these central moments together uh, this week. Over the next few days, we're going to be looking at the miracles of Jesus. We'll actually be reviewing the first five of about 40 miracles that are written about in Scripture. Today, we'll begin with the very first miracle of Jesus, and that was changing water into wine, found in John chapter 2. I want you to imagine, to picture it if you can, a young Middle Eastern couple uh, entering into marriage and present at the traditional wedding feast of celebration underway for their families, uh, the entire population of their village, and invited guests. And suddenly, into that momentous occasion, into that scenario, there comes a new scenario of lasting shame, ridicule, and ostracism which is confronting them. But then Jesus confronts the problem scenario, and he prevails. It's an interesting story. Let's read part of the scripture account again in John chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. And I think you probably remember what happened next. Jesus pointed out six stone jars nearby. They were water jars for ceremonial cleansing, and each one held between 20 and 30 gallons of water. Fill the jars with water, Jesus said. After that was done, he again said, Now draw some of that water out and take it to the master of the banquet. Well, the master of the banquet tasted it, and not knowing what had been done, he gave his assessment, saying, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. You see, his testimony was proof positive of the miracle of changing water into wine. Now, what's unique about this story? Well, first, of course, there is the special context. It's a wedding feast and a pending disaster. Remember now that we're talking about a first century Middle Eastern culture, and that culture was what we refer to as an honor-shame culture. Honor of one's family or tribe or village or even their nation was all important and one must do everything to protect honor. Shame or loss of face was anything that would damage that uh, honor. And I assure you from history, a wedding banquet running out of wine would have been a major loss of face, source of shame for that couple and for their entire family. Secondly, you have to take note of the exchange between Jesus and his mother Mary. In the English language, that exchange sounds a bit harsh. Jesus sounds harsh with his mother. In the original languages, it doesn't sound nearly as harsh. We might say Jesus answers his mother uh, in today's vernacular like this, Mom, I've got this. 
What's applicable for us out of this miracle? I want to say to you in this first treatment of miracles that miracles grow out of need. And in this moment, it was a tragic, lasting loss of face, honor, would be, would be damaged forever. Uh, and the second part of, of this particular miracle, and it's important, would be the fact that it tells us the purpose of the miracles of Jesus. That's found in verse 11. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs, meaning miracles, through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Two things there. Miracles were intended to reveal God's glory and miracles should result in believing faith. His glory, his absolute perfect inward personal excellence found in Jesus, his magnificence, his worth, his grandeur, and all his many perfections. Scriptures then indicate that each miraculous work was a token glimpse of the divine glory in and through Christ Jesus. No wonder his disciples were moved to greater faith and belief. Unfortunately, there are some who see the term miracle as something that man can conjure up, offer, promise, bargain for, or even try to sell. Well, God's Word brings us back to understand that miracles grow out of need and are but a token of the incredible divine glory. I believe in miracles today, for I believe in God. Father, we do believe that you are a miracle-working God. We believe that the miraculous works of your hand express to us the divine glory, the intent, the majesty, the splendor, the character, the richness of Christ Jesus in our lives. May we today have faith to believe in your miraculous working power because of the miracle of grace that you have worked in each of our lives. In your name we pray, amen.